Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. All right, take out that worship guide you got when you came in today. Inside of there are some sermon notes. I gave you a New Year's resolution to start taking some notes this year. We are a note-taking church. And so I want you to do me a favor. Open that up. Take those notes out. And before you write anything down, why don't you hold them up? Wave them at me at every location. Oh, that's a beautiful sight. Beautiful sight. All right. Now you, I know you got them. All right. Now take that, uh, those pins that are right there in your seats or in the worship guides. And we're going to have a good time going through the finale of this series called 2019, where I started two weeks ago, and I gave you this statement that this is my year, and, and it was a declaration of your life. This is going to be your year to have that better marriage, those better finances, uh, your better life. And I'm telling you, the only way to make that happen is through this statement that I think is crucial, and it's simply this, that it'll be your best year ever if it is your best year what? Spiritually. And I think if you put God first this year... You work on your devotion life this year. I'm telling you, everything else will start to work out when you win this thing spiritually. So what we did is we started 21 days of prayer and fasting. We are two weeks officially completed. To God be the glory. I'm getting hangry. I'm just like, I've lost way too much weight. People ask me if I'm okay. Like, listen, I got seven more to six more days and then Saturday night at midnight before Sunday morning. I might not even show up to church next week because I'm going to eat all night long. It's going to be awesome. But, uh, but we are in this fast. And, and I want to encourage you, if you haven't wrote down a prayer need, make sure you take that connection card. Write it down. We had hundreds of people show up on Saturday. Pray for those requests. And we're going to be believing God for miracles in your life. And we're going to pray together online. This is the last week to do this. So join us on Facebook or YouTube at 7 a.m. And then 9 a.m. We'll be here at our South Tampa location. You're watching from St. Pete. I'm going to ask you, drive the bridge on Saturday. Come and join us at 9 a.m. Pray with us an hour. And I'm telling you, God's going to do something amazing in your life. That was week number one. Week number two, Katie and I talked about it last week, but this is our year, and we talked about our years at church, and I'm just going to say this, because uh, not just because she's in the room, because uh, I did this in every service, but did my wife just not do an amazing job last week? I'm telling you, Katie Burke is the best, and um, I think out of that, she has said she'll preach four or five times this year, and I'm really excited. No, she's saying no. Okay, well, we will try to do that. Uh, make it happen because she was so good. And today I want to give you a statement that's so near and dear to my heart. So if you see me a little bit more passionate than normal, I just want you to know that it's because I'm talking about a subject that I think is close to the heart of God, which we'll see, but it's also close to the heart, my heart and the heart of this church. And it's a crucial statement, and I want you to write it down, and it goes like this, that this is their year, that it's their year. In other words, this is your coworker, this is your boss. This is your neighbor. This is your, your, your loved one. This is the people who are far from God. And I want you to know, I believe with all of my heart, that 2019 is, is their year, even the most difficult ones, their year to experience God. Because here's why I believe it. Because I believe they have been scammed. Now, before I tell you how they've been scammed, let me be honest and transparent with you today. Because I got I to gotta be real. I, I'm telling you. Uh, confession's good for the soul, so I gotta give you a story of a time that I got really, really scammed, all right? Now, I've never given this story before at the church, and I, ha- I had to wait for at least five years for it to happen before I can give it. But it was right before we launched the church. We actually had a small team, a launch team, that was helping launch the church, and we would, we would meet, yeah, I see a lot of you guys here, and uh, there was only about eight of us, so we're all here, all right? So, 
uh, they, we would meet at like clubhouses and different places to meet. Well, we needed a, uh, there we needed stuff to make those meetings happen. So one of the things I really needed was like a sound system so that we could play music and stuff in this, in this little clubhouse. Well, I uh, was coming out of Lowe's one day on Dale Mabry, right behind our South Tampa location. And I was coming out of Lowe's after buying something for our, our next uh, launch team meeting. And a white van pulled up to me right next to me. And the thing, and they rolled down their window, and he's like, he's like, hey, hey, do you need a sound system? And I was like, yes, God. I didn't know this is how you worked. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I got some sound systems in the back. Why don't you come over here? And I was like, I, God works in mysterious ways. So I walk over, and this is a true story. I open up the back of the van, and he's got all these sound systems. And here's his story. His story is that he was doing an install into some commercial building, had all these sound systems, and basically they, they bought uh, extra, and he didn't need these extra ones, and he's just going to sell them for some cash. Well, okay, I was naive, barely saved. I wasn't a pastor yet, so bear with me. So I was like, I was like well, how much do you want? He's like, well, online. They're like two or three thousand dollars. Like they said, the top of the line. I was like, well, I've never heard of this brand. And he's like, he's like, oh no, no you wouldn't unless you were a contractor. Only them. Like you would, you would only know because they install this in like million dollar homes and stuff. I was like, well, that's amazing. So I'm all getting excited, and I was like, well, I can't pay thousands of dollars. He's like, listed five hundred bucks. I was like, there's no way. And and I looked, and I had like two hundred dollars. I was like, I was like, I'll give you two hundred. It's for a church. We're going to use it for like our, our lobby and it'll play the music and stuff. He's like, all right, I'll give you a deal for them, but you just can't tell anybody. I was like, all right, sweet. So I remember giving him the cash. I walk away with the sound system and I go and talk to Katie. And many times the voice of God sounds just like my wife. It's, it's crazy. And I remember talking to her and she's like, you bought a sound system in the back of a white van and a parking lot of Lowe's with cash, and a brand you never heard of. None of it made sense. I was like, no, no, but it's a deal. And I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. It's for the kingdom of God. So I go, I set it all up in this room, getting ready for our meeting, and I plug it in. I'm telling you, it is the worst sound I've ever heard of in a sound system, ever. Like, I, I mean, the worst sound. And then it starts crackling a bunch, like this. And then within 30, 45 seconds, the whole thing just dies right there. It, it, was, a, it was a scam. So I looked it up online, and, and I looked it up, and it's, it's called the white van scan. Like, it's a popular thing all over. <laughs> and I'm just thanking God. This is like, there's not a video right now of me, you know, getting this big stereo system. <laughs> but I remember, I went to Lowe's. This is not a lie. This is how I was in the flesh. Three days straight, I went to Lowe's, sitting in that parking lot. If I find that guy, I'm going to pray for him and believe God for amazing things. Just feel better now. I confessed it, okay? I'm happy to say it's been over five years and I haven't bought anything in the back of a white van since. Thank you. I'm telling you, God delivers people. He does. We're getting better. Um, but here's why it's important. It's because everybody hates that feeling. You hate it when you buy a product and it never produces you sign up for that plan, and, and it doesn't give you the outcome you think it should. You, you, you dated that person. They ended up having secrets you didn't know about. What did you do? You, you took that job. It ended up being not what you wanted it to be. We've all gotten scammed sometime in our life, and I would present to you today 
that I think the there and the this is their year, the there, the people that are your neighbors, your friends, they might seem like they got it together, but let me just tell you, they're being scammed right now. And here's what they're being scammed into. They're being scammed into believing a lie that this world can satisfy the, the deep desires inside of their heart. It's, it's this lie that's saying, you know, if I buy more, if I make more, if I find that person, then I'm going to be satisfied. And they have to realize, listen, eventually they're going to come to this point to realize the stuff that this world says will satisfy won't satisfy them. It's, it's, it, they're being scammed. I wrote it down in my notes this way, and you can write it down. It says it like this, that the world is constantly searching for what they can get next that will fulfill the void of what they had last. And I think this is so many of our friends and family, and I want you to leave here in a few minutes with a burden to make it their year. You know, even if they have it all together, I'll never forget watching an interview. This interview was done probably 15 or so years ago by, about Tom Brady, and at this time he had won three Super Bowls. I think now it's like five. I don't know much about sports, but you know who he is. And they say he's one of the best of all time, worth an estimated $180 million. He's married to a Brazilian supermodel who she's worth about $400 million. Okay, so we're wooing like she goes to church here. If she does, we need a building for South Tampa. <laughs> but I'll never forget seeing this interview, and I just want you to see it for just a second, of, of someone who has it all, and this was his honest response. Check this out. But with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. That's the world we live in today. So, so here's why he, he doesn't know, because the Bible says like this in, in Proverbs, that human desires are like the world of the dead. There's always room for more. So, so what this world offers us really can't satisfy us, so we got to offer another solution for them who are lost and disconnected from God, because really inside they're empty. And the best story that I see about this in the scriptures is found in the book of Luke. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open it up, maybe electronic Bible. I want you to open it up today to Luke chapter 19. And we see a story of a guy who had amassed a great amount of wealth, prestige, fame, and yet he was empty inside. And we're going to see a strategy given by God to make it their year. So I want you to follow along because I think it'll be helpful for you. The story goes like this, that Jesus entered Jericho, and as he was passing through, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Say Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. And he was there and he was a chief uh, tax collector and he was wealthy. Well, you think in today's terms, if you're a tax collector, you're not really wealthy. But back then, the tax collector, you were, you were high up in the government. You were a place of prestige and you scammed a lot of people. It was a lot of two for Caesar, one for you. Two for Caesar, one for you. And this guy had amassed a great amount of wealth. He would have the nicest house on the gated communities of Jericho. He would have a, a personal stylist at the local Nordstrom store in Jericho. Like this was the guy and he had it made. He, he would have been driving the most up-to-date camel of the day. You know what I mean? Like he just, he had it made. 
Yet, we see that with all of this that he had, there was still an emptiness inside of him because the story goes that he wanted to see who, who Jesus was. Now, he would have known who Jesus was because Jesus' reputation far uh, surpassed who, who even the people right around him. Everybody would have known that Jesus was this miracle worker, that he was someone that raised the dead, that he's someone that multiplied food. The sermons would have been famous. Uh, any uh, kind of worker in the government back then would have known who Jesus was. And uh, Zacchaeus finds out Jesus is coming into town, and he wants to figure out who Jesus was. And because the Bible says he was short, say short, he could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Uh, now, you know this story if you grew up in church because we did an amazing thing growing up in church. We put everything into song. How many remember this? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord. He, okay, there's about four saved people in this room from when you were kids. Uh, yeah, that, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> shows we're reaching people that don't have church backgrounds. <laughs> the story goes that, that Zacchaeus was short, and because he was short, he couldn't see who Jesus was. Now, I, I think he was probably short height-wise, obviously, but I would take it even to another extreme. I think he was short not just when it came to his heart, but when it came to his heart. Not just when it came to his stature, but when it came to his success. In other words, he had put so much in, but he actually came up short of what he thought he would get out of having fame and had a, uh, having fortune and having what this world has to offer. You can write it down in your notes. This is important because a pursuit after this world will always leave you short of true fulfillment. Come on, I need a better amen than that today, church. It'll always leave you short. Like, like any kind of pursuit after the things of this world will always leave you short. And Jesus shows up on the scene, and he gives us a strategy for making it their year. And I'm going to help you today. I'm going to outline with you a strategy that I think is God's approach to reaching people far from God, for your coworkers, your friends, your family members. And it starts with this verse, the next verse. So the man is, is, is unfulfilled, separated from God, and the story goes like this. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. Now, I think this shows a lot about the heart of God because uh, I've heard a preacher say at one time, he said, this is probably the first time anybody ever looked up at Zacchaeus, and uh, that's probably funny and true, but, but I think and more important than that, I think it shows that this is who God is because so many times people think God looks down on people. Like, hey, hey, you're a dirty, you're rotten, you're filthy, you're a mistake, and I'm telling you, if you were raised in that world to think that God looks down on you, I want you to know, that's not the Jesus that we serve. Jesus does not look down on you. He looks up at you and goes, no, 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 you have purpose. You have potential. You might have made mistakes, but you're not a mistake. You might have had a bad past, but you can have a great future. Come on, this is the Jesus we serve. He looks up at the people. And he reached that spot. And he looked up at them. And I think that spot is so important because actually... We have no other records of anything happening in Jericho other than this story. We have no miracles. We have no uh, sermons. Jesus came to Jericho to be at that spot at that time. And here's what. If we're going to reach people this year, I want you to start with this phrase. Number one is that Jesus was intentional about reaching lost people. 
He did something where it inconvenienced himself to reach lost people. He, he went out of his way. Nothing was done accidental. Nothing was done coincidental. Jesus was intentional. He went to Jericho for Zacchaeus. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that when I was at the low of low in my life, that God put the right person in place. He let me hear that right message at that moment. He put me right at that place because God was intentional about reaching me, so I'm gonna be intentional about reaching some other people. Can we give God a little bit of praise today? We're gonna be intentional about it. People are not reached accidentally, they're reached intentionally. And you know this because you didn't get married accidentally. Y'all's relationship just didn't just happen. I hear it all the time. They're like, it was so crazy. You know, I was a server, and I kept bumping into him as he would come in my section, and it was so random. It was not random. He's smart. <laughs> he, he designed his whole day. To make, he was counting the people ahead of you, making sure they put you right in his section, your section. He was smart. I, I hear all the time. They're like, Hey, it was so awesome because this girl, she, you know, she was serving next to me at the door and we were greeting together at church and then the next week we greeted together again and the next week again and, and I'm like, that girl called our coordinators, <laughs> begged them, put that guy next to me. Well, he signed up for production. I don't care. I'll give more to legacy offering. You just put him right next to me. We know how to intentionally reach those people. I think their eternity matters more than that. I think we need to do anything short of sin to get into their life to say, you know what, we're going to reach people. So here's my question for you, Radiant. Listen up to me. When is the last time you intentionally went out of your way to reach someone who is far from God? When is the last time? When is the last time you, you changed your schedule and you invited someone over your house or you, you could have gone to that one Starbucks, but you went to the other one because you know that other one, you can have that conversation that you need to have. You, you could have gone straight to your car after work, but you went through the other offices because you go, maybe they're there and I could start that conversation that'll lead them to Christ. Christ was intentional about reaching lost people and that's the same for you. We should be the same. Listen to me. You were saved to be sent. You're saved to be sent out. we got to get on mission and realize God's got people in our lives that he's called us to reach. Can I hear a better amen than that today, church? All right, here's the second part of the story. And then it says, and they said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now, this is the first communication Jesus has with a person who is a lost person. So I think it's important to figure out how he communicated them. Because when I was growing up, I did not learn to communicate to people this way that we're far from God. You know, it was turn or burn. It was you're a bad sinner. It was here's the Ten Commandments. I'm going to show you how you're wrong in every single one of them. Actually, one of the techniques I learned growing up, and maybe your church is better, but mine, we, we heard this statement. We said when you meet someone, ask them this question. Uh, if you were to leave this conversation right now, and when you're driving out of here, you get hit head on in a car accident. Your car explodes. You don't escape. You die. And you stand before God. Are you going to heaven or hell? That was our approach to reaching lost people. And people were like, all the time, like, whoa. Too, like, too deep, too quick, you know? Like, we don't even know each other's names. 
Jesus didn't do that approach. So, so what's the better way of doing that? Write it down in your notes. I love that Jesus always connected before he corrected. He always tried to connect with the unbeliever before he corrected them. He wanted to establish, I'll say it this way. This is so important. Get this, guys. If the goal of Christianity is relationship, then why would we not start it with relationship? So for instance, we've, we've bought in this lie that our whole goal is to connect them with God, and we realize, we go, it's so frustrating they're not connected with God. Maybe God's approach for them to connect with God is that they connect with you first. Yeah. So we gotta get involved in their life so you get a little bit closer than you would get before. So instead of just playing tennis with your church friends, you go out and find some other people that you play tennis with. You go, and, you go and watch some movies with some other people. You get close to them. Why? Because of this. Because people will never care what you know until they know that you care. And we have to create a culture where we connect with people before we correct people. We've made this too much about rules. And I, I'm all about the rules. I'm all about doing life God's way. But rules without relationship always lead to rebellion. And so if, if, if the goal is they get in a relationship with God, then don't start with rules, start with relationship and start getting close to them. And this is what Jesus did and here's what happened. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly and all the people saw this and they began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. Isn't that interesting? As soon as you get on mission, what do people do? They start talking. They start giving their opinions. I, I, the religious community has a lot of opinions about how what we're doing is wrong. And, and oh man, you, you're going out and you're eating with that person and you're talking with that person or y'all are doing crazy series and weird things to get people in church and I just don't like that way. So my response is always the same. I like my way of trying more than your way of not trying. Always. Like I'll, I'll take my you know, success rate over your zero success rate because you don't do anything. Like, let's just do something. And, and I, I think we've got to figure out a way to stop listening to people around us and what they're gonna, their opinions are. As soon as I got passionate about God, I remember at 16 years old, I tried to win my friends for Jesus. And then the crowd start talking. Well, Aaron's just trying to get attention. Or that, that's a Bible thumper. Or holy roller. You think you're better than all the rest of us. Let me tell you what Jesus did. Write it down. Jesus focused on personal obedience over popular opinion. That's good preaching today. And I, I think a lot of people are so focused on what other people are going to think that you're missing out on the obedience factor that God's called you to reach some people who are far from God. And, and we have to get this back in line. That I'd rather, listen, I can't please people, but I can please God. I, I, I can't deal with their opinions, but I can deal with God's opinion. And God's opinion is I'm going to be obedient to whatever he has to say for my life. Can I hear a better amen than that today, church? And, and, and here's why. Because it can't be us four no more. It can't just be us, our little group, and, and we like each other, and this is our seat, and this is how we do church. No, no, Listen, that's not why the church exists. I wrote it down in my notes this way. The church is not a social club for the saved. We are a hospital for the sick. And that's why we exist, because there's so many people who are Zacchaeuses in our community who are far from God. And here's what he did. Story goes that Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, isn't that amazing? One encounter with Jesus can change everything. I'm going to pay back four times that amount, and Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. 
He goes to his house. He gets close to this person. And what's amazing is as he gets close, he offers them a way to change. This is what Jesus does. Write in your notes because this is so important that we don't just meet them on their turf, but Jesus refuses to leave people where he found them. He didn't leave them in a tree on the road in Jericho. He didn't leave them in his sin. Jesus took them on a journey and said, no, no, there's something better. And what was the guy's response? He repented and said, no, I'm going to do life God's way. It's amazing that this is the outcome of people, that when you do it correctly, when you get connected with your lost friends and family members and you start presenting Christ to them, the result is that God loves them so much to meet them where they are, but he loves them way too much to leave them there. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God found me in a spot that he did not leave me in. He might have found me in my sin, but he's brought me into righteousness. He might have found me in my mess, but he's brought me into my ministry today. I'm telling you, he'll bring you out of wherever you're in into the purposes of of God for your life. Come on, give him praise today for that. He's doing that. And then the story kind of wraps up with this one statement. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So why would it sum up the whole story with this one statement? Here's why. Because he wanted to say, hey, Zacchaeus, it's not an isolated event. It's not a one-time deal. Well, I brought someone to church. They got saved. They did their thing. They got baptized. I'm good. No, 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 no. No, no. This isn't, this isn't an event we do. This, this is, listen, listen. Reaching people isn't something we do. It's everything that we do. It's, it's every part of our life. That we're going to figure it out. And when we reach one, we're going to celebrate with it. We're going to have a big party about it. And then we're going to go on to the next one. Because there's way too many people, and I'm thankful to be part of a church today, that is doing everything it can short of sin to reach people who don't know God. I mean, we had a whole group of people. I don't want to honor them in here. The Hattons leading that whole uh, parade yesterday. We were in the, the Gasparilla Children's Parade. Tens of thousands of people got exposed to our church and the life and what God is doing here. Just a creative way to say, you know what? We're going to get on their turf. We don't need them to come to us. We're going to go to them and show them the love of Jesus. We honor you guys. We're going to figure out ways to do it and creatively and, and do anything we can. Because listen, reaching people isn't something we do. It's everything we do. So how do you make it their year? This is the million-dollar question. We'll close out with this, and the teams can come at every location because I want to challenge you with three action steps of what you're going to do from now to make it their year. And these are three things that if you do them today, I believe God will honor it, and we'll see their lives transformed. Here's the first one is I want you to identify who is God really calling you and asking you to reach out to. Who are those names? And I took out different things on your sermon notes that could have been on there so that I could have three lines there. Because I actually think that there's three names that God is speaking to you about even right now. Of friends and family members and people who are Zacchaeuses. That if you got behind the the scenes and below the surface and you realized, you'd realize they're really empty inside. They might say they got it all together. They're hurting. And I think God's putting it on your heart right now to be that person to reach out to them. Actually, the Lord really challenged me on this in Easter of last year, where I was really believing God, going, God, I want our church to reach people. And I was challenging you as a church, man, write down people that you can invite to Easter. And I remember the Lord speaking to me in my quiet time and said, "Uh, Aaron, you're not leading too well by example there. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm I'm the preacher. Yeah, you can be a preacher, but you're not the bringer. What What are you doing? I was like, well, you know, I... I have a different role. No, you don't. We all have the same role. 
listen, there's not a spiritual gift of evangelism. Like, like, like our, our spiritual gift of like, hey, we're going to uh, call to reach lost people. We all do it. It's an all play. So we're all going to do this thing. So, so I remember sitting there and I made a list and the only people I knew that weren't Christians were all my buddies at the, the gym. So I started writing down their name and, and writing list of this. And I know some of them are here today, so I don't want to embarrass them. But I remember writing that list and I just started praying for them going, okay, God, if I can't reach the whole city, at least I'll reach these guys. I remember a couple of weeks ago, and one, one Sunday, there was seven of them in the services, within the different services coming here. Come on, that deserves someone to give a little bit of praise. Like, just identify it. Here's the second one is, I want you to invest in that relationship. Which can you do to build a bridge into their life? Like, like we're not, we don't create barriers. We build bridges as our church. And, and we're going to step into their life. And we're going we're gonna to play golf with them. And we're going to invite them to go see a movie. And we're going to take them out to Buffalo Wild Wings. And I want you to invest relationally. Well, you go, well, Aaron, that's with ulterior motives. Because the motive is to introduce them to Jesus. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's why. We're being sneaky, but it's on purpose. And I think you need to invest in that relationship. And it, it's going to cost you something. But it's worth it. Number three, the last one is simply this. Is I want you to invite them. I want you to do your part to invite them to church. Because a lot of you guys, the idea of sharing your faith or even sharing the gospel with people is something that kind of overwhelms you. And I want to encourage you, listen, God's gifted me to share the gospel. And I'll do my part every single week if you'll do your part and make sure that people are here that need to hear God. And we'll never do a service where we don't provide an opportunity at the end of that service for people who are Zacchaeuses, who are so disconnected and they find that they've been scammed by the world that they can come in this place and find Christ. And I'm telling you, you do your part and watch what happens. So here's the thing in the last minute I have. The question that everybody asks, and I know you don't want to ask it, but you go, well, Aaron, that's all about them. What about me? I know, that's the American mindset. And it's okay, because I'm going to give you, here's your part. Here's what I can promise you. Other than eternal rewards, which is a big deal, you reach your lost friends. You bring people to church. You bring them here, and they're going to experience life, and we're going to make it easy for them to experience and have donuts and coffee and great experience with their kids and a non-threatening environment. We're going to do all that part. But you do your part. I'll do my part. And then we'll watch God do his part. And when you sit there in your seats, and I tell everybody, just like I'm going to do in a minute, to bow your heads and close your eyes, you have permission to do this business. The peak. Some of you guys already peak. Like, you make it, make it more obvious. That you're, tra- uh, like, make it less obvious. Because some of you guys are just like, no, no, no. Give people their privacy. But I'm telling you, you, you can sneak it. Just, just, yeah. I'm telling you, that person that I wrote on my list, and I see him in service, there's no, there's no high this world can offer you that's better than that experience when that person raises their hand and you know, oh God, I'm a broken and weak vessel, but you used me to help change somebody's life for eternity. And that their marriage gets changed, their finances get changed, their purpose gets identified, they start living the dream. Why? Because you did your part, and I'll do my part, and God will do his part. He's in the business of reaching people. Can we give him a little bit of praise today? Amen. So let's make it their year. I want you to think right now there's people three names people that right now they're coming to your mind jesus i pray you'd speak to your people lord i know that some of these names are very difficult people 
they, they seem very far away from you. But I got, pray, God, as they write those names down. Lord, we're going to pray over it. We're going to believe God for it. And I pray that you would give us the opportunity to invite them to church, to share the gospel with them, to see Zacchaeus be forever transformed. With every eye closed and every head bowed, you're here today, and you're hearing this, this whole story, and you go, Aaron, the problem with that is I'm Zacchaeus. I'm the one that's far from God. I'm the one that's bought into trying to do these things in the world, and it's left me empty inside. I want you to know you're exactly who Jesus came and died for. My whole prayer today is that this church would be the road in Jericho where you meet with Jesus. And you might have found everything else didn't satisfy. Jesus will satisfy. He'll forgive your sins. He'll put you on a new path. The Bible says that we'll become born again when we give our lives to him. And if that's you today and you don't have that relationship with God, it can start right now. On the count of three, if that's you, I don't want you to stand or come forward, but right in your seat at every location, you say, Aaron, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Today's my day of salvation. I want you to throw your hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down. Ready? One, two, three. All over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. Thank you back there. Thank you. So many people. Thank you at St. Pete and downtown, watching online. God sees it. So just pray this prayer. Say, God, I give you my life. I give you my heart today. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive my sins and put me on a fresh start. For the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, hey, let's celebrate. Dozens of people. Oh, come on, Radio Church. It's amazing. Here's what I want you to do. God met you where you're at, and he refuses to leave you there. So we're going to help you. Our whole mission statement of the church is that we're going to move you from where you are to where God wants you to be. So you join this thing. We're going to put you on this process of helping moving you to the purposes of God. It starts with this step right here. By taking that connection card, check it on there. I committed my life to Christ. When you check it, telling you there's something about the idea. We're going to send you some resources. We're going to be praying for you. And it's only going to get better from here. Because when you give your life to God, I'm telling you, he'll change everything. And we want to help you on this journey. We're going to collect those right now with all of our guest connection cards and all the prayer requests that people wrote on those connection cards right now at the end of every service by worshiping God with our generosity. Radiant, thank you guys for being the most generous church in America. Because of your investment into the kingdom of God, we are reaching people who are far from God. And the stories are overwhelming. But I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for giving God your first. I promise you, he'll come through for you in ways you never imagine you give here in the service online or through text giving and when that bucket comes by you if you're a guest it's not for you it's for you to give but it is for you to drop in those connection cards we're just glad that you're with us today so lord bless the, the generosity of radiant church they're second to none in their giving they're faithful to you lord they they understand that reaching people is not something we do it's everything we do and we put our money where our mouth is and we say no we're going to invest it in the kingdom of god and because of that, lives are being changed and marriages are being healed and bodies are being restored because of their giving and because of your, your grace. So I pray a blessing over the givers of our church. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.